재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Some years ago I started calling myself Ginger Peter Sherlock Rosemary Emmanuel The Archbishop of Canterbury You may know me better as The Real Slim Shady Rumoured to be the new signing for Westminster and the Thames. And I just love to ride horses. But only if the Banjo Union Bolt has been correctly fitted. First chapter. It is time again for first chapter. We read you an excerpt from a different book every Sunday morning, usually from the exposition. Today's book is Pagwanso's Damuk, The Naked Tree, in time for Arbor Day, celebrated on April 5th every year here in Korea. The Naked Tree was Pagwanso's debut novel. The book came out in 1970 when Pagwanso was 40. She went on to write volumes of essays and novels all. on topics closely related to her own life until her death in 2011. In this story, we see the lives of two people living in Seoul immediately following the third phase offensive in 1951 during the Korean War. This was when Korean People's Army advanced from the north and seized Seoul for the second time. Our protagonist, Yi Kyung-un, who works at the PX in Myeongdong, and Ok Hee-do, an artist who draws portraits for American soldiers, happen to find each other and forge a friendship. I'll be back with the story after Namu or Tree by Korean indie group Sokyumo Akashia Bendu. Please enjoy. The Naked Tree by Pa Guan So. A hand covered with tufts of thick brown hair thrust something in my face. It was a billfold with a photo of a beaming young woman. Pretty, I said. They expected lots of praise, but a languid response was all I could muster. Perhaps fatigue was getting to me this afternoon. After all, the G.I. seemed to be quite sensitive for someone so tall. Disappointed, he snatched the picture back and studied it carefully. His mouth spread into a grin as if he felt reassured. I didn't want to miss a good chance for a sale, so I quickly turned on my professional charm. I've never seen anyone so pretty. Oh, you're lucky. Of course you'll want a portrait for her. How about something on silk scarf? I picked up a shimmery rayon scarf with a dragon silk screened in one corner. Nah. He twisted his mouth and shook his head. Then he walked to the showcase where a variety of silk fabrics, scarves, and handkerchiefs of different sizes were displayed. Without a moment's hesitation, he pointed to a handkerchief hardly bigger than my hand. Cheapskate, I thought to myself. The handkerchief was the cheapest item we sold. The order would add up to only $3, including the cost of the portrait. I assumed a business-like manner and asked the color of her hair, eyes, and dress. 
a must when dealing with black and white pictures. When do you want to pick this up? I asked. As soon as possible, I've got to go back to the front the day after tomorrow. Another headache for me. But I tried to put on a smile as I thought about the stack of order slips in my drawer and changed the subject, trying to put a twinkle in my eyes. You must be enjoying your leave. Where are you stationed? Darn Yanggu. He seemed to spit the words out, his face contorted in disgust. Too bad. How's the war going these days? Another dumb question. The corners of his mouth dropped and he shrugged and lifted his arms, the typical Yankee know-nothing gesture. I was at a loss but decided to take a coquettish approach. Good paintings take a long time. For busy people like you, we have a special program. We can send it by mail if you just give us her address and pay a nominal fee for the postage. No, you don't have to mail it. The painting is for me. Why don't you mail it to her? Everybody does that. Don't you want to make your girlfriend happy? Suddenly, a peculiar lust exuded from his body. I just want to hug her picture as soon as possible. Get it? He threw three crumpled $1 bills on the counter. See you the day after tomorrow, he said in a sing-song voice before he left. It had been cloudy and dark all day, and to make matters worse, the electricity was off. The four painters had been telling me they couldn't work well in the dim room. I dropped the order slip in the drawer set aside for quick deliveries and walked over to where the painters were sitting. With my hands loosely linked behind me, I urged them to get on with their work. Then I threatened them. I can't do it anymore. I can't stand the pressure every day. I'm going to tell President Che we need more painters. I could feel them all cringing, as if they were tiny fish squirming in my hand. It was understandable because the only time there was enough work to keep four painters busy was during the final week of every month when the American soldiers were paid. For the rest of the month, orders only trickled in. Because the painters were paid by piecework, on slow days, they all eyed me sadly, as if asking for the rare assignments. Actually, I didn't think we needed more painters, nor did I have anything against them personally. I just said nasty things to relieve my own irritation. My boss, President Che, scolded me occasionally for referring to them as sign painters in such a condescending manner. He said it was not nice to look down on them. I wasn't contemptuous of them. I just couldn't find the right word for them, and it was easier to use a generic term. 
If there was anybody I did look down on, it was Che Man-gil, the one I called President Che to his face in a most respectful manner. About one-third of the first floor of the 8th U.S. Army PX was reserved for Korean products, consigned to Korean merchants. According to President Che, it was impossible to get the space without influence or shrewdness, since it was wartime and everyone was so destitute and hungry. He bragged that others wished to set up shops selling embroidery, brassware, bamboo crafts, rubber shoes, leather and jewelry, but it had taken more than the ordinary business acumen on his part to come up with the idea of selling portrait paintings, which didn't require a particularly big investment of capital. I called him President Che, or simply President, often enough to keep him from becoming suspicious of my attitude. After all, he had opened the portrait shop in the middle of the first floor of the glittering PX. He'd hired signboard painters who worked for meals, he paid my wages, and he loved to be called President. Every time I called him President the way he so greedily wanted to hear, I made a point of despising him all the more, as if that made us even. Suddenly, the electricity came back on, and it was almost time to close the shutters. What a day! Kim, one of the painters, rinsed his brush furiously in a murky liquid, and the others slowly began to straighten up their painting tools. I gazed at the American products section on the opposite side of the PX, flooded with light. My heart ached with longing, as if I were watching a bright, exciting stage from the audience. All those dazzling things, made in the USA, so lovely to look at. The salesgirls were making up their faces for the evening as the American goods sparkled behind them like a halo. I loved gazing at the glamorous scene. After closing time, the khaki uniforms that obstructed my view all day had ebbed away, and by the time the cleaning women had sprinkled water and mopped the tile floor, the air had grown so transparent that I could distinguish the different colors of shiny lipsticks the salesgirls twisted up with such agility. Over time, I learned that each of the girls who had such exotic names as Diana Kim, Linda Cho, and Susan Chung used a slightly different shade of lipstick. Still, I had not grown friendly with any of them. I longed for a friend to walk home with, if only part way, but I couldn't seem to make friends, although at times it looked deceptively easy. When we lined up side by side in the narrow corridor, jostling as we waited our turn to be searched by the guards, we talked freely, our shoulders almost touching, drawn together by the sense that we were all victims of the unpleasant search. That bonding, however, was no different from the compressed air in a balloon. Once we were released through the gate, that was the end of it, Everyone dispersed without even saying goodbye. The gloomy cold day was already wrapped in the darkness of early winter, dispensing with the formality of a sunset. The back alley, just past the gate, was unlit, and the dimly glowing glass door of the Japanese noodle shop opposite the gate accentuated the surrounding darkness. I walked briskly with short, quick steps until I reached the brightly lit market. A number of souvenir shops had sprouted up near the PX. 
I lingered as long as possible, trying to waste time looking at the things displayed in the shops, but they were hardly worth my interest. Red and yellow rayon scarves, embroidered with the emblems of different divisions and companies. Pipes, baskets, brassware. When I reached the darkness at the end of the street, I began to run until I was gasping for breath. Chungmuro, the busiest street in Seoul, was nothing more than a collection of unlit buildings and dark corners at this point in the war. Most of the monstrous buildings were unoccupied and some, like the central post office building, stood with only their facades intact, the tops blown off by bombs and artillery. Fright swept over me at every dark corner, and the darkness brought home the reality that we were still in the middle of a war. I shuddered at the thought that Darn Yanggu, Darn Choron, and Bunsan, as the Yankees were so fond of saying, were so close to where I stood. songs we played in between were The Beatles' Let It Be, followed by Goyang의 봄, or Spring of My Home, by Korean group In Gong Today, I read from The Naked Tree by Park Wan-seo, translated by Yu Young-nan. The translation was published in 1995 by Cornell University East Asia Program. Copies are available any place where books are sold. The Naked Tree was based on the writer Park Wan-seo's friendship with renowned Korean painter Park Su-gun when she was working at the Portraits Corner of the U.S. Army Base PX after the Korean War. Park Wan-seo recalls this time in her life as one, quote, devotedly focused on her unhappiness. She later wrote in an essay about Park Su-gun, quote, He showed me his award-winning painting one day and revealed himself as a real artist. That was his way of helping me out of the misery I clung to as if my life depended on it. If you want to know what happens next to Kyungun, check out The Naked Tree by Park Wan-seo. It is time for this week's quote, which comes from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Of all the trees we could have hit, we had to get the one that hits back. Once again, that was from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets by J.K. Rowling. We have arrived at the end of our show. To learn more about next week's topic, please visit our website. I'm Jamie Chang. Have a wonderful week. Plant a tree, and I'll be back next Sunday at 10 a.m. with another brand new installation of The Bookend. Taking us out is Softly as in a Morning by Sonny Rollins. Please enjoy. <laughs>